0: Hello, and welcome to episode 44 of Late Night Linux, recorded on the 20th of August, 2018. I'm Joe, and with me are Phelim, Evelyn, Will.
1: Hello. And Jesse. And a very good evening to you all.
0: Yes, a triumphant return, although you did make a return on the Foss Talk Live episode. But Graham is away, so you're back. So that solves the problem for this week. What we're going to do in two weeks, who knows. Um, how is being a dad...
1: Uh, excellent. I think all those who are dads will go, yep, yep, recognize that. And all those who aren't won't know. <laughs> but it's just one of those things that is, is great fun.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, um, I am extremely tired and hungover from old camp. And I did say that we might not do this, but I'm powering through thanks to Iron Brew. Uh, but we better get on with it then. So, bit of news. First of all, uh, Phelim's obviously put this one in Academy with a K. And there's lots of posts about what they got up to there, the KDE folks. So, what were the highlights, Phelan?
2: Yes, indeed, they did. Uh, they were off in Vienna, and uh, they were doing buffs, talks, meetups, the usual co- uh, corridor track. Um, there was a lot of posts. There's not been no over overview post yet. We're a bit too early with it. It was on, only finished on Sunday, so. Um, a lot of been done there, but there's been fair fair lot of work done on things for mobile, um, adaptable interfaces with Wayland for like transforming laptops and the like, um, and there's also been a lot of stuff done for um, just just in general, like meetups with people from all over the place. There's people that came from Brazil, India, um, many many places I don't know about, but um. A few ones for me would have been uh, some of the work that's been gone into the text editing stuff, which is obviously very exciting, but um, uh, I was quite chuffed about that because the QT guys would show up at that as well, and uh, the KDE highlighting package might actually become their default as well, which is kind of cool. So Hmm. a bit of shared resources and going back up the chain, which is quite nice. Um. One of the other cool things that came out of it was a thing called KDE Itinerary. Um, one of the previous meetups, one of the developers that was going there, obviously saw people with Google Now, uh, which is quite a cool feature. I've seen it. Obviously, I've never used it in my life, but um, being able to you know select important info and email and converting a standard text email into more than just you know literally words, but all extra hyperlinks to map locations and flight info and if there's any extra data that can be pulled from various apis so they did a fair bit of work on that and um with the release of kdapps 1808 which came out pretty much at the same time as academy that's actually started to turn up in kmail and akinadi so that's quite cool as well so that'll start making an appearance
1: yeah, itinerary is one that sort of caught my eye out of this list of uh, of updates and it is one of those things having travelled recently, I went to Florida to go and see the in-laws and It was a case of, okay, where's my Gmail? Search it for this, search it for that. But that was only the parts that Google hadn't already put into my calendar and hadn't already put a little picture of Florida in the calendar entry and things like this. So it it does all these things automatically and slightly mystically and worryingly (laughs) useful, you could argue. But the problem is if you rely solely on that, when you get to somewhere that doesn't have data or... You know, Google hasn't picked out one particular thing or you change your flights late, which is something that happened to me. It didn't update my calendar and things. So I was looking around the calendar thinking, this doesn't quite look right, or it's in mm. different time zones and you can't remember if you're in home time or foreign time. And so it's useful if there's a way that you are orchestrating all this information and putting it into your own, um, what's it called itinerary, uh, and, and and able to if it can pull in useful maps for where you're landing or if it can pull in like a taxi info and things like this without having to go through all your own personal data, find out all your, you know, your age, your credit card, all these sorts of things that that I think is, is part of the reason for making this that's, that Google's doing. So yeah, it's a really interesting uh, app to have been produced.
2: Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you love the the use of it, but don't necessarily like who's using that data as well. So it's kind of cool to be able to be offline with it too, so Yeah, it's one of those things where I half thought about doing something with, but then realised it'd be remarkably difficult, and then I didn't.
1: Yeah, it's making easy organisation for those of us who are less... Organized. I mean, you should really just put all your emails and uh, itinerary in one folder and be sensible about it, but it never quite happens, does it?
2: <laughs> I, I'll i just grep my way through it all. Um, <laughs> there's a few other bits that have I've come out with those release of the applications as well, though. Uh, Gwenview got a major upgrade, which is the image viewer and the sort of simpler picture management tool um, as opposed to Digicam. Um, And that got some extra UI improvements and tidy-ups. So the frameworks came out as well at the same time. So the, they've kind of done their usual few monthly releases of the apps and monthly release of the, the framework in the back end. So loads of works there. Um, So all in all, great. And I can't wait for it to be released. And it wasn't yet, so I haven't actually tried any of it yet. I'm still waiting on
0: the Neon people to get back from Vienna. So. Have you tried the um, betas of the 18.04 version of uh, KDE Neon yet then? No,
2: I, I use it for work on both laptop and desktop. So I let somebody else test all that. Thanks very much. Um, I don't mind logging bugs, but I can't really test that far ahead because then I'd be stuffed. <laughs> yeah, but, fair enough. But uh, yeah, no, I'm glad they waited till the dot the one release of Ubuntu was out because I think, you know, there's no need to rush it. Because all the updates on KDE, the apps themselves, they're all well ahead already of Kubuntu, which is on 1804. So I don't think anybody's really panicking about getting the latest other lower level libraries. I don't know, but not me. Are you tempted to steal any of this stuff for the Ubuntu desktop? Well, yeah, it
3: looks really interesting stuff. Um, I mean, you know, we're we're deeply ingrained in the GNOME ecosystem, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. But um, there's certainly some very interesting features coming that um, that I would love to see in the desktop.
2: Uh, I don't know. You see, I I noticed there was a special forces Ubuntu operative called uh, Alan Pope was sent <laughs>
0: over behind enemy lines. There, <laughs> yeah. Don't give away all our secrets. <laughs> <laughs> um all right well um staying vaguely on the same topic uh the trinity desktop has had a release the first one for nearly two years r14.0.5 um this was a fork of kde3 um i just put this in to troll you really failing <laughs> like this is when kde was properly good
2: <sighs> troll away no it was definitely not this is the uh the frozen
0: version of kde i let it fucking go so you're not interested at all for even for nostalgic purposes
2: no i looked at the screenshots and it came swarming back and i thought yeah at the time i loved it but you know we've moved on it's better than four though isn't it no four was fine near the end i mean fair enough The, the first couple of point releases maybe not but even still it was tidier and i mean i'm not looking at the code but you could tell that things slotted together much better there was always this thing in kd3 where if you moved anything on any panel, you were like just waiting for it to all unravel. And then it's like, oh, fucking don't know how to get back to that. Now I'm going to have to delete my dot .files and start fucking afresh. So, I mean, hey, look, if that's what people really love, then yeah, that's great. That's a great thing about open source software. But really, I, I don't know. I think you could make KD5 look like that if you really wanted to. I don't know why you would want to, but yeah, you could. And I think they'd be better off doing that. But hey.
1: So is Trinity like the KDE Marte? In the loosest sense. I can't think of a more Marte-esque equivalent.
0: Yeah, Marte's a bit more modern though, isn't it? But yeah, essentially. Yeah, and it's it's using GTA 3 now as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. So it's not really a fair comparison, but it is, you know, in a sense of um, you know, Gnome moved on to GNOME three and Marte was forked off from two, and when kde moved to four this was forked off um because people didn't want the different you know newer version of it
2: but i mean if you look at one of the first lines on the bug fixes was get the audio playing properly on the intro as well i mean you know yeah it just shows you it's probably a really horribly fragile code base and i just i can't imagine it being particularly safe i don't know obviously it's not been audited but you know you're going to have an old framework with lower numbers of people looking at it, and I, I wouldn't be personally happy to use it. Seems like uh, like a
3: hobbyist's kind of um, toy, really, to me.
1: Yeah, that sounds fair. I think the comparison with Marta is a bit unfair, because like you say, it's kept up to date with everything it's based on, and has actually you know, moved slightly away from the GNOME 2 look. You can still have it, but you can have all these different... Um, Themes is the wrong word, but I suppose panel layouts and desktop arrangements. And it's very much up with the times, whereas this looks like it's stuck in the past.
0: All right, fair enough. Well, I just thought it might be funny to uh, mention it because I know Phelim loves his KDE uh, plasma desktop. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Hollywood embracing open source and um, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the uh, people behind the Oscars partnering with the Linux Foundation to uh, launch the Academy Software Foundation to look after open source developers who deal with software that the uh, movie and tele industry deal with. So uh, this is shining a bit of a light on open source that was somewhat unexpected, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, you always get people say, oh, all of these big films everyone likes, all the 3D graphics are all done in open source, yet the open source video editing software that the desktop user gets to use isn't as good as Adobe and what have you. And it's it's unfortunate that these big uh, big industries can have all this money and all this software, but they seem to do it in quite a siloed way. So they're keen to get together and share knowledge, share information, make, as we always laugh about, uh, but make another standard so they can all uh, share their information back and forward should one, you know, one want to give the other one information or how they do things. And whether or not that actually comes down to the desktop I think is pretty unlikely. This all seems like it's going to be very high-end, massive number crunching, making the 3D graphics and things. But you're right, it just shows, A, we all know there's a lot of computer graphics in films these days, whether they be green screen or just full um, computer graphics. And they obviously got to a point where they're all wasting money doing the same thing over and over again, You know, making hair look like hair. And so why not just share that information? And, and open source has got to be the way to do it I think from what I've I've read previously a lot of this industry is already using open source software whether or not they are correctly releasing it or just you know uh, editing it in-house and keeping it themselves but it, it seemed like this the next logical step if you ask me.
3: It seems like a step in the right direction for sure like um, it may well it is still early days right and um, I, I hope that in some months time we will start seeing some new projects coming out which are being worked on collaboratively and which the desktop user could go and download you know get off of github and uh, and compile it and run it on their own machine um but like you say i think um i think it's going to be more about the the render farm
1: management than it's going to be about uh, tools on the desktop but let's see but these these kinds of companies aren't you know they're not hot on putting things on github and getting open source software out there to the to the you know the general masses as far as i'm sort of aware they're more keen on yes it's shareable but within our own little groups of teams or do you think that's an unfair sort of bias
3: i don't really know i i've yet to see any software come out of them so you could well be uh spot on there but i would like to think that if they're doing it in in association with the linux foundation that there will be a view to try and share the software that they're they're creating but uh, I don't know I haven't really seen anything about any specific projects or any goals that they're working on other than some sort of hand wavy high level let's all be excellent to one another kind of goals so uh, it'll be interesting
2: to see. I think, I think one interesting side effect might be the fact that a lot of the places like the Dave School and other visual arts colleges and universities and the like might actually start to use this software in their training programs rather than, you know, the Adobe's or whatever. I don't even know what you use. Maya, maybe, is that one of them? I can't remember. Um, so if, if they actually start to use things like Film Gimp or whatever the heck it's called, you know, the one where you can edit frames when you're doing mastering and all that type of stuff, I think it'd be quite cool if they can get in at that level because then that'll change the next generation of developers. Um,
1: is, is Dave's school from the TV, sh- the TV channel, Dave? Is thats is that what you're talking about?
2: it is not
0: (laughs) no it's the dave school who sponsors hollywood babylon quite a lot and uh that's one of your fucking hollywood babylon in jokes is it
1: fucking
2: too right
0: (laughs) but it's it's like a big um they do computer games and animation for films like cgi stuff um and you can go there and like have a live-in um uh, type deal with them and spend loads of money learning that and why are we doing an advert for them? Fuck them. But that's, yeah, that that's the kind of place that we need to get open source software in. I mean, we were talking about this stuff at OddCamp, um, that you that's the only way you need to get um, the next generation using it, um, the open source software, rather than just being entrenched in, you know, proprietary tools. So this is a big stamp of approval for open source, at least ostensibly, by hollywood and maybe this is the first step towards teaching people that there is more than just a few proprietary tools so here's hoping um right a quick last one uh just a quick mention for richard hughes his latest blog post on the GNOME blog where he talks about the linux vendor firmware service uh we've talked about um lenovo joining and stuff um And that's mostly sort of BIOSes and stuff. Now he wants to do SSDs, specifically NVMe uh, SSDs. And he needs data to know what he should be working on. And so he's posted a couple of fairly simple commands that can um, identify what hardware you've got and then upload it to his server so that he can then just have some data points. Obviously, this is very much opt-in so if you've got an NVMe drive, then you should consider doing this because firmware updates from Gnome software and even in the KDE one now um, would be good, wouldn't they, for speeding up your SSDs and making it more efficient and whatnot. Yes,
2: please. Maybe Will can talk Canonical into using their magic tool to pull this info too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we could do Um but I don't know. I, I think, given that Hughes has got some commands out there, I think we'll stick with those. But yeah, we could we could integrate that. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll drop Hughes a line to see what he says.
2: All right. seems we're putting shout out for for helping things, can we also have one for there is a lad who's going to fix some K mail um, invitation acceptance emails? Uh, TNEF they're called apparently. Exchange Outlook or Outlook 365 send them but there's an email address that if you're willing to send an invitation to he wants anybody to send him invitations which sounds like a great way to DDoS his own mail server but apparently it's very (laughs) very uh, generous of him to do this in all for the effort of parsing those invites correctly because I fucking hate when I get them so
0: if they if they work correctly in my calendar I'd be all for that. Okay, so this episode of Late Night Linux is sponsored by EntroWare. Go to EntroWare.com. And they are a dedicated Linux computer seller based here in the UK. And they sell computers with Ubuntu and Ubuntu Mate 18.04 pre-installed. And they've got a huge range of laptops and some desktops and servers. And pretty much everything's configurable in terms of RAM and CPU and storage. And they've got fairly affordable machines, which are ideal for a bit of light browsing and email, all the way up to real powerhouses with the latest NVIDIA graphics that are ideal for graphic design and 3D art and machine learning and video editing. But what I've got my eye on is the new version of the Apollo. It used to be a 13-inch Ultrabook. Now it's a 14-inch, but it's in the same chassis, so it's got a smaller bezel. So you get that extra screen size with no extra bulk. And as well as having a really powerful processor in it, it also supports up to 32 gigabytes of RAM, which is pretty sweet. They ship to the UK, Republic of Ireland, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain. And if you do buy one of their machines, then there's a little drop-down at checkout. You can select Late Night Linux, and they'll know that we sent you over there. So go to entroware.com for all your Linux computing needs.
1: So your your slightly croaky voice and uh, hangover do sort of hints towards a busy weekend and it was odd camp 2018 you were the only one from the show to attend so give us a quick rundown of what happened and uh any talks you went to have you
0: yeah well every single talk i went to was absolutely brilliant
1: yeah yeah was it was it packed
0: (laughs) yeah all the talks were packed and uh, i took detailed notes of all of them (laughs) no unfortunately i didn't make it to a single talk this year (laughs) because i'm a bad person this year yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Normally, I do go to the talks and stuff, but for some reason, I don't know, possibly the lads from Entraway buying me pints of cider on the Friday night till three o'clock in the morning. I uh, didn't wake up in time. Well, actually, that's not true. I did wake up in time, and then I went back to sleep. And so I didn't turn up till two o'clock <laughs> on the um, Saturday, and I basically just turned up, went, uh, then recorded the live show. Uh, which will be released, I think, on the Late Night Linux Extra feed at some point soon. So do stay subscribed to that. I told you that I'd have a use for it one day. Um, that was pretty cool, actually. It was um, Dave from the Bugcast. Um, it was John Spriggs from Admin Admin Podcast, and obviously the organizer of Odd Camp, and Martin Wimpress from the Ubuntu Podcast, and me. And also, a special guest, unexpectedly there, Dan Lynch of Linux Outlaws fame.
1: Yeah, fantastic.
0: Nice. Yeah, it was really good to see him. That was, like, the highlight of it, like, seeing him back up on his feet, drinking in the pub. Um, you know, the last time I saw him, he was, like, in a wheelchair and not doing too well. And he seems to be doing a lot better now, and... um he he, had, he drank loads of really strong coffee just before we did it. So he was quite chatty <laughs> and uh, said quite a lot. But it was cool to hear from him anyway. So that was uh, pretty good. We had some good discussions. I'm going to edit that at some point this week. So uh, that will be... I, don't, I might put it out um, a, exactly a week after putting this episode that we're doing now out just to kind of, uh, you know, give people something to listen to on the off week. Um, but yeah, that that was really cool. So I basically did that and then... Uh, went back to the pub and got really drunk again and then did the same thing on the sunday didn't turn up till two o'clock <laughs> um helped the admin admin uh lads do a live recording of that and then went to the raffle which was really annoying it was really really annoying i had i didn't have many tickets but i sat there i expected to win something because there was like hundreds of prizes there was loads of um Those, uh, is it the Xenial Xeris uh, USB sticks? Will, you must have loads of them. (laughs) I've given them away now. To the bin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like Wimpy had flashed them with um, 1804.1. What, mate, was it? No official mainline, whatever.
2: Uh, Oh, really?
0: Well, that's what he said. (laughs) But there's 25 of them. And I thought, okay, well, at least I'm going to run them. No, didn't. Uh, there was loads of like leftover mugs and, and then it got to the star prize, the entryway Apollo, which I really wanted. And it was so annoying. There was uh, a family sitting next to me, husband and wife and a uh, daughter, and they had all their tickets laid out. And so, uh, mark pulled out the number and it was like uh, white 801 and the little girl sitting just literally next to me won it Hmm. so i was that close to winning
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's how it works yeah exactly that's how it works but um
0: no it was good like to see it go to a kid who's going to actually you know make use of it and stuff install windows on it (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) But um, yeah, it was all in all, it was good. I mean, for me, it was a social event, basically. I didn't go to any of the talks or like, you know, the, the various other stuff that was going on. It was just an evening thing for me, unfortunately, because I made that real textbook error of getting too drunk on the Friday. But it was good to catch up with some people and meet some new people and meet some listeners and and have some really good conversations. Um, But yeah, I I don't regret it because I did have fun in the evenings, but I should probably have been a bit more responsible and gone to more, well, some talks, which I will endeavour to do next time. I don't believe you. Well, we'll see, won't we? All right then, so onto a bit of admin. Um, Thank you everyone for supporting us on PayPal and Patreon. The Patreon has gone up a bit lately, I think after I moaned last time, so thank you very much, that has not gone unnoticed. Um, And if you want to join them and get an ad-free RSS feed, um if you go to late support there's uh, ways to do that um, patreon is where you get the uh, ad free feed um and if you want to get in contact late linux.com contact um otherwise i don't think there's any more admin to do so uh, let's move on to jesse's adventures in dadland as i put it in the doc uh, so you've been up to all sorts of stuff while you've been off yeah so much free time i bet oh,
1: yeah i'm just i'm just I'm just basking in it, mate. <laughs> um, so I, I have been on for a while and uh, I have had the opportunity to do a few things that have been on my to-do list but I've never quite got around to for fear of uh, breaking something when one of these shows is coming up or to just having a nice solid amount of time to, to get at it. And so um, th- there's, a, there's a bunch of different things. I, the first thing is I've, I've moved from Pop!OS to Ubuntu proper.
0: What did you accidentally DD <laughs> on your hard drive? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Had to get that. I, I leave myself open, yeah. Um it's partly pushing from pop and partly pulling from Ubuntu. So uh I, I questioned what Ubuntu version Pop was on and when it would upgrade to 1804. And you go on their website and it's just flashy, shiny, isn't this great? Look at all our stuff. And no like sort of real nuts and bolts of what's behind it, even though I know what is the nuts and bolts. Uh, And I thought, well, if they're not advertising when they're going to be upgrading, what have you, that's that's not great. They've got a little, um, you know, upgrade tool that pops up when you log in that says you have five new updates available. So you click on that and you say install them. And not once did that ever do anything. And you sort of think, you know what? This Ubuntu over here now has GNOME. It now has this nicer um, theme on it from the community theme. And... I should just go back to that and, and stick with stick with the good stuff. So I've actually moved off Pop OS and over to Ubuntu, and, and that has sort of been the uh part of the catalyst for trying snaps in anger, because I thought in the time that I've been off, uh Opera has been released as a snap. Now you may remember way back in January, we made our predictions, and I said this would be the year of snaps, and the three that I was forced to Fucking name... Fucking
2: outrageous.
1: The three <laughs> that I was forced to name as would define it as the year of was uh, Mumble and Audacity that we used to record this show, and Opera.
2: So let's be correct in what actually happened was Popey, Wimpy, and Diddle Dan from UP, UPC listened to you and went, oh, let's make it so... That's not fucking a proper prediction.
1: I'm not saying sure you can just make Opera, like, make the snap and update it and, and all that sort of stuff, it takes a lot of time and effort. And it's just, they, they must have a huge list of companies and a huge list of bits of software that they're approaching, being rejected from, approaching again, trying, you know, explaining how it's done. And it just so happens that I was lucky that this one stuck. Now, I agree, Mumble and Audacity are slightly smaller bits of software, you know, they can be packaged up, um by just getting the source code, but whereas you've got to go to some of these big companies like Opera. So, given that that happened while I was off, I thought it would be foolish of me not to install it, and just live my life snapping left and right, and uh, and off we go. What could be the problem? Well, so I installed Audacity and Mumble, and Audacity, when I booted up, it says... Thank you for installing this you know the little pop up screen that comes up the sort of tool tips if you will and it you know that it normally says press space to pause or press this to make a shortcut, whatever it is it says you're using an alpha version. you should be using the main version from our website, download it now, and I double checked I'd installed the the stable version and I checked on what versions were available because in snaps you get you get four options there's stable. Slightly less stable. The one that's about to be stable. I can't remember what that's called. There's a word for it. Candidate. Candidate. Yeah. Uh, and then like beta and edge. I think it is. I'm pausing, thinking. Will will correct me if beta's wrong. Correct. Oh, excellent. Excellent. um And they were all the same. And so, fortunately, with snaps, unlike anything else that I've had to use or, or been had the opportunity to use you can just say snap info or info this snap and it tells you, you know, what the version is, what what you're, what what type you're using from these four options and also how to contact the developer, which is really, really useful. So click on that, takes me through to the um, GitHub page of the guy who's done this snap and I posted on there and said, this is saying it's alpha, please put this in the edge and then make, you know, I would suggest the snap is made that it's stable, yada, yada, yada. And he came back and he explained that actually, and I've put my link to my to the um, GitHub comment, um, he said, actually, I've pulled in one fork that is now in the stable, but they're, they're about to release it. So it's all exactly as it is stable, just with one different fork. And for some reason, it's flags as alpha because he's made this sort of unique uh, binary for the snap. And I would have been using it, because he assured me it was exactly as the stable and it just had this one extra thing in it that is now in the stable branch and will be released. But if anything went wrong with this recording and Joe found out I was using an alpha, I I just wouldn't live it down. Heads would have rolled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. <laughs> that that snap came off and I've apt installed audacity. Mumble, so uh mumble snap, all well and good. Um from the command line Type in Mumble, boots up, not a problem. From the launcher, it boots up with an error, and so you can't actually load Mumble from the launcher that you would normally use uh, without, what is it? It's a, uh, a desktop file, didn't specify exec field which I'm sure is something fairly minor. I'm sure it's just a little tiny piece of code that needs to be changed. And I, again, looked up who the developer was, and it was the Snapcraft team. So I went on to forum.snapcraft.io, and I found the chat about Mumble. And and actually, before that, I contacted a guy um, called Bachel Robot, who had done the majority of the work on uh, GitHub. Twittered him, made uh, felt so professional, twisted him, off he went yeah, I was involved, I did all this work, I'm not the maintainer, you need to go over to this forum, right, forum, Snapcraft, off we go, put it on there. It's just sort of lost its way in amongst all the other activity that's going on with Snaps, it's a fairly, you know, fairly minor bit of software, fairly minor bug, it's not had any response so far, but it means that I'm not going to use it because I can't just go, uh, what's the alternative for the start button, you know, super key, Uh, mumble enter it doesn't boot
0: hang on so you installed a snap and it won't work from a stock ubuntu uh installation from the launcher that sounds like will should be fired to me
3: i am not responsible for every single application that (laughs) runs on your ubuntu desktop also in epic level trolling somebody has just replied to your thread uh about mumble uh with a little suggestion about something you might like to try
1: wait a minute if i scroll to the bottom of this page is this you will Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean you've let me do all my ranting and then uh, you're like, actually, I've found the problem. I found the answer and I've told you about it.
3: Well, it's funny because I have the exact same version as you and I have the exact same problem that I have to do snap run mumble. Um and I think I asked Poppy about it actually. And he said, "Oh yeah, I know about that. Try running the version from Edge and it's probably fixed there." Um and I never have run the version from Edge for the same reasons that uh, that you don't. That I don't I'm not feeling that sort of risky at the moment. I want to run the the stable version and um the stable version of Mumble has been very stable for me, but uh, yeah, I think it might be fixed in the Edge version. Um now, if it is, then uh, we should go apply pressure to the, the right people and I can help you do that. But, um, yeah, it's a fair cop, though. There, there's a lot of activity on the on the Snapcraft forums and, um, you know, bugs which may well be fixed uh, in Edge. Um, those sorts of comments need to be um, surfaced up to people rather than the developer seeing it and thinking, oh, yeah, that's fixed. That's fine. I don't need to do anything there. Um, you know, somebody needs to, to get back to you and tell you that that is the case.
1: I posted it and I sort of sat and watched to see if anything happened. And within half an hour, it was, you know, 10 posts further down because all these other things were happening. It was it was um, good to see the amount of people using it, the amount of churn, the amount of information going into that forum. But at the same time, it is possible for those comments on bugs to be lost as they go further down. And, you know, people may or may not be able to check them all the time, what have you. But I will try the edge and we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so the last one... Uh, that was on my list of three was opera and there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with the snap except the tiniest personal bugbear which is so petty it's when you download something using uh opera so you've you've browsed the internet there's an interesting image or a pdf whatever it is download it And the little pop-up on the side, I'm sure it's the same on all other web browsers, and it pops up and says, this has now been downloaded. And you get to click on it to open the file, or click on the picture of the folder to open the folder location of that file. Because it's a snap, a pop-up comes up that says, this snap wishes to open a folder on your home directory. Do you allow this to happen? Yes, I do. But every time I download something I have to say yes. And I I accept it is there because the SAP is a container. I accept that there's a reason for it. I accept it's the correct thing to do. But because I have to click open this. Uh, yes. Open this. Uh, yes. I've actually gone back to the uh the uh, apt install for that as well.
2: Prediction null and void. Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got to the end of the year to be fair.
2: No,
3: no. One shot, one kill that's it so on the prompting front, there's potentially good news on the horizon um, in the guise of XDG portals, um, which is a gnome technology specifically designed around allowing containerized applications to access your your file system or your devices um, in much the same way as a mobile phone would do it so um, you install an application and it's a camera app or you know it's Snapchat or something. Um, and at the time of running that application and at the time at which it tries to access the whatever it is, the camera or a file on your file system, you get the prompt then. Do you want to allow this application to access your you know, camera or whatever? So you've got the context of where all of that's happening, when it's happening. So it makes sense to you. Um, and then you answer that question once and it was, it is remembered from that point onwards. So in the not too distant future, I can see a world where... You install the um, Opera Snap, and at the point at which you click the file icon or whatever to open that file, it will say, Opera's trying to access your downloaded files. Do you want to allow this, yes or no? You say yes, and it will remember it from that point onwards. And there'll be a setting somewhere to to turn that off again if you choose to. But you know, from that point onwards, it will just work.
1: That's good to hear. And it's do you know what? It's been these sorts of things... Um, using the Snapcraft forum, installing them, trying to find the information about them, understanding what little nuances are happening with this download thing, um, go on to GitHub and all, all those sorts of things. It's been using some apps, uh, some snaps in anger. It's been interesting to see where things have worked really well, where things have had some little problems, that the fact that in my head, when someone said a snap has been made, that was like a perfect install. Do you know what I mean? Like, like nothing could ever go wrong, and that's that's it now set in stone. Whereas actually, it, they still have these little gremlins here and there that people need to iron out. But I'm sure you know once they're ironed out and the stable is stable, and and the the four different channels are used correctly, and you can choose which one you want to install, and you can install multiple versions of it, and you can it even shows you which one you previously had installed uh, since it got updated. Oh, and on that topic, I was searching on the internet, and you're going to laugh, Will, for how do I update Snaps? And I couldn't for the life of me find it until I found this little tiny blog post that said, it does it automatically, you don't have to do it. Mm. And I just thought, well, that's clever. I'll have some of that. So, you know, it's, it's just these things that I've I've talked about them and they've been discussed so much sort of on the podcasts and in the ether and, and what have you, but actually sitting down to use them uh, on a nice fresh Ubuntu install, knowing I've got the latest Ubuntu uh and that they're you know they're supported and what have you it's it's been great. Oh I installed a fourth app, a fourth snap and that was the um the community theme, the community theme, mm. the thing with a terrible name. Community. Theme. It's called Yaru now. Oh okay that Yeah that's a great name. It's better than community team. Um <laughs> true. But anyway, Yaru, yeah, fine. I installed that Ubuntu looks much, much better. I'm very happy with the look of the of the community theme. Uh, that's great. That snap has worked flawlessly.
0: Before we wrap it up then, Jesse, you've got a quick query about your NAS and um, uh, ZFS and stuff then.
1: I mean, it's partly a query. It's partly a bit of a moan. So I've got a two bay NAS that I put a three terabyte disk in. Happy days, all well and good. And I thought actually I should probably put a second one in and get them... Uh, raid one, so they they have exactly the same thing on each, each drive, and then I realise that you can't raid a drive without wiping it, and then they both raid each other, and then you start from scratch basically. So I've been madly backing stuff up onto one terabyte external hard disks or whatever, and halfway through I thought, hang on a minute, what I need to do is maybe get a computer and have some ZFS file uh, ZFS drives in there because I know you can upgrade and. Adds to this pool of discs and what have you, so have some random Hasis lying around, what have you. But actually, if you buy four one terabyte drives and install them and get them Z of S, and you want to upgrade one, from what I understand, you nothing happens if you put a three terabyte drive in, or two three terabyte drives in and remove them. You have to have upgraded all of the drives one by one for it then to say Ah, oh, you know, have a 3 terabyte by 4 hard disk array. I'll now work with that size you have. So am I right in saying that there's no way of upgrading either a RAID array or a ZFS array with like individual disks to make it usefully bigger as you can afford more disks?
2: Essentially, um in ZFS, the volumes, the zvols are fixed in size until you yes upgrade every single disk in the array. Um and the same is pretty much for all of them I mean if you've got mirrors you're kind of okay in the fact that you could have or if you're using like something like a JBOD where you just have lots of disks strewn together but good luck with your data as it all <laughs> blows up horribly and then you're fucked <laughs> um but really, this is all about planning, and I laugh at your face. <laughs> this is—you see—you got your prediction, sort of, but now you get your comeuppance. You don't get to be lucky all the time, so planning this stuff out fucking sucks. It really does. And ZFS is really okay, but it's not future future proof. I don't think it was great back in two thousand and seven when it first came out. Um, I don't think it's kind of kept up with some of these things because you can't make it smaller. And as you say, you have to
0: get all the disks upgraded in a oneer. It's a bit shite that way. So, what would you do instead of ZFS then?
2: Well, I mean, it's good for what it does, but I mean, just it's just tough shit. If you if they should (laughs) allow it that you can increase the Zvol. Adding extra disks and then it should have a rebalance effect that you can do. I mean, you can do that in a, a Butterfest system, but I wouldn't trust RAID 5 and 6. That all the people whinging about Butterfest going, oh, it fucking ate my data. So, yeah, they said don't use RAID 5 and 6. And people whinged when it fucking ate all their data. But yeah, I mean, it just needs to be slightly better. I mean, if they could add that one feature to it, it would be pretty,
0: pretty good. But hey, it isn't there. So, what can you do? Welcome to my life. (laughs) Well, Jesse was hoping for a solution there, but it sounds like you haven't found one. So you just have to... Suck it up and buy bigger disks than you think. Just buy a couple of like eight terabyte ones or whatever and be sorted for a couple of years.
1: Yeah, yeah, just casually buy two eight terabyte hard drives. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, but when, when they get that big, is, is when one goes pop and you're trying to rebuild the drive that's broken and then the other one pops because it has <laughs> to rebuild so much data, then that's when it starts getting really scary. So
1: you're telling me I need three eight terabyte drives?
2: At
0: least five. At least five, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If there's no parity, what are you doing? No,
0: yeah, just, just go for it. It'd be fine. All right. Well, we better wrap it up then. Thank you for uh, telling us about your adventures, Jesse. I'm sure you've probably got loads more to tell us about uh, next time you come on. We really need to sort out this situation about what's going on with you and Graham and Will, and just uh, I'm sure we'll think of something. But I always say that, Donna, I'm too hungover now to deal with it. Uh, so yes, uh, until probably in about a week, when you'll hear from me and uh, the old camp uh, recording. And then uh, in a couple of weeks when we'll be back with normal service, um, I've been Joe. I've been Phelan. I've been Will.
1: And I've been Jesse.
0: See you later.